This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM's Budget 2019 programming, presented to you by Ma Singh. Good morning. It is 7.17 in the morning, 5th of November 2018, and we are the first working day in the first working day of the week uh, after the budget announcement by the Finance Minister Lim Wanning. We have on the line Jagdiv Singh, the PwC Malaysia tax leader, and we're going to be asking him his views on the tax implications of the various new tax measures announced in the budget 2018-2019. Jagdiv, welcome to uh, BFM and thank you for taking the call. May I start, if possible, with the digital tax and how do you think this will be implemented from a, um, fr- from a practical perspective? Hi, good morning, uh, Chuang and Joyce. Um, thanks for having me on the show. Um, okay, I think the digital tax is uh, something which most of the other countries in the region are looking at as well. Some have made announcements, and if you look at, you know, uh, globally, this is something, again, uh, that is not new. Um, if you look at what was announced in Budget 2019, I think there are two things there. One is to tax imported services. So if you look at uh, the when, when the government implemented uh, service tax, uh, imported services were not subject to tax. And what they're trying to do is to bring that into the net uh, effective from 1st of January 2019. But the additional bit is what they've announced as the digital service tax. Okay, I think a lot of people have this misconception that this is uh, digital tax in its entirety. It's not. Uh, what they're trying to do is to tax the digital services um, because that's probably the easier one to deal with. And what that would mean is effective from 1st of January 2020, the providers of the digital services will have to actually register themselves, collect the tax, and pay that over to customs. Okay? Oh, okay, attractive. So this is not a consumption-based tax? It is a consumption tax because it's service tax. So each time uh, a consumer buys a service, the, it's not the consumer who has to pay the tax yeah. directly because it'd be too cumbersome, right, for so each and the... every one of us to be paying the taxes. Mm-hmm. So the service provider mm-hmm. will have to actually register themselves with customs, collect the tax and pay it over. So the tax would be coming from the service providers. Do you think they would, uh, put, they would be, that would be factored into their prices when it leads down to, trickles down to the consumer? It would naturally, because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like any other consumption tax, mm-hmm. the intention is to actually pass that on. Uh, to to the, to the service provider, right? There's also some issues on the RPGT. I think even after the fifth year, now uh, sellers of their properties will be uh, charged a five percent um, tax. Uh, uh, Jagdeep, did you look at that? And what are your thoughts on that? Okay, um, RPGT is currently the only capital gains tax that we we have, we have uh, in Malaysia, and uh, it is a downward tier tax, which means that you know the longer you hold the property, uh, the less tax you pay. And I think if you look at the rationale for that, it is pretty much to curb speculation. And if you, you know, flip property immediately, you have to pay a much higher tax. And uh, the plan is if you hold it beyond five years, then you're not really in the game of speculation, and uh, therefore you don't have to pay. I think what, what's being done now is to actually tax uh, any gains that you derive from the sale of property beyond the five years as well. So it's 5% for individuals, uh, resident individuals and then 10% uh, from moving from 5 to 10% for corporates and uh, foreigners. Um, so to me, it's more of moving away from a measure to curb property speculation to one where we tax the capital gains that are made from the sale of the property. Um, but remember, the 5% or the 10% is actually on the gain. It is not on the sales proceeds. 
I understand that in the past also, you uh, everybody uh, who owned a property had an, a one-off exemption. Do you understand whether this exemption still exists? Yeah, the exemption still exists, so there's nothing to indicate that that exemption goes away. Mm. Well, Jagdiv, the government also, they, they launched a special voluntary disclosure program to allow taxpayers to declare any unreported income. Could you share a bit about that? Because I think the penalty, if you don't declare it, could go up to 300%, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, that's certainly mm. scary, yes. Yeah, 300%. Um, yeah, so this, this is uh, not new. Uh, we have actually done this uh, two times in recent years. Uh, so in 2015, there was a similar measure for six months, and in 2016, for nine months. Maybe what is different this time round is, uh, one, the penalty itself is actually much more attractive this time. Mm. So 10% up to year-end and then 15% for the following few months, um, much lower compared to the 25% that was there in the two previous programs. <laughs> Um, but I think the, I think you, you, you rightfully mentioned, Joyce, the scary part is what happens after that. And if you don't declare and the tax authorities uh, actually find out something beyond that period, mm. then the penalties go up to 80 to 300 percent, 80 percent to 300 percent. OK, so if you compare that with the penalties that I applied today, it's more than double of the amount. Um, so I think that's fine if it is to deal with people who are really evading tax. But if this penalty is going to be applied across the board in every single audit, then it certainly does look scary. Uh, Jagdiv, can we just rewind a little bit and talk about the um, the amount of potential tax revenue collection uh, from the digital tax? I'm sure you've done some assumptions and some computations. How much do you think the digital tax will accrue to the government? To be very honest, Chuang, I wouldn't be able to give you a number on that. Well, Jagdiv, could we talk about the, the vehicle, uh, the below 1,500cc uh, tax initiative that you're looking at, the subsidies that you're looking at? How do you think they're going to implement that? Because they're looking at single vehicle motorbike owners with engine capacity of 1,500cc and below. They're going to get targeted fuel subsidies. Yeah. No, I, I think uh, there are quite a number of measures which are looking at targeted subsidies, and I think that's the right way to go. But implementing any of these measures are not going to be easy. And therefore, if you look at the budget announcements, there are not really a lot of details on this. Mm. And even the implementation date is actually pushed back. So it is not one of those that will be implemented 1st of January or the next day after budget. Uh, Jagdiv, um, your thoughts on the fact that uh, individuals earning less than 500,000 ringgit will have a reduction in, in individual tax and uh, SMEs with paid up capital of 2.5 million ringgit and below also paying low, lower tax. Uh, what are the implications to that um, in terms of the income uh, accretion to the government? Uh, so if you if you look at the reduction for the first 500,000 of uh, income for SMEs, uh, reducing from 18% to 17%, uh, I do not think that's going to be significant. So for SMEs, it's only that portion and the reduction is only 1%. So, so if you're looking at it, 1% uh, reduction of half a million is actually 5,000. And if you multiply that across the number of SMEs, so the, the loss of revenue to the government is not going to be significant coming from that measure. Okay, what about the loss in potential revenue from the, I think, uh, the number of exemptions under SST has uh, actually gone up by something like nearly tenfold from, uh, from the past. Um, wh what do you think are the tax implications of that? Um, so SST is something that you can't really compare directly with GST. So I think what the minister has said is the number of items that uh, were exempted previously, were, I think something like 545 or something, 
and that number of items has increased significantly. Um, and all that, I think, probably has been factored into the revenue targets or projections that the government is looking to earn from uh, SST as compared to GST. I think there is naturally going to be a big drop, and that has already been factored in. Jagdeep, what are your thoughts on uh, the government moving to uh, from the current cash basis of accounting? They're going to convert that to an accrual basis by 2021. What's the impact from that? I don't think there's any tax impact uh, that comes out of that that, that conversion it, itself. Mm, yeah. Okay. So, uh, any thoughts on the RB? Uh, they're going to be reviewing and investigating any unusual wealth shown by ownership of luxury goods, such as the jewellery, watches, handbags of sorts. How are they going to go about that? Do you think they're going to go through social media? <laughs> I think there's been a lot of speculation about mm. how they're going to go about that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at it today, the, the, the revenue has already got a lot of information. And it's about actually making sure that the information sharing between the government agencies as a start, um, you know, enables them to sort of track some of this accumulation of wealth or, access, or excessive uh, spending. And then beyond that, it's uh, coming from, you know, a lot of the measures that they already currently do. So maybe what they're doing today is more physical. So they actually go out there and maybe look at, you know, um, you know your houses, your cars, etc., uh, but, you know, today you can actually get a lot of information from social media. Exactly. So, so I would not be surprised if social media is an area which uh, they will look at in order for them to get information as well. Uh, Jagdev, your views on the gaming licenses and the um, the fees that will be charged, the higher fees, what kind of uh, tax uh, implications and income implications? So from, from what I understand... Um, the, the, the measures have not changed the formula in terms of how these, uh, these duties are going to be calculated. What uh, it entails is actually increasing the rate. So I think it's more of a policy decision. The government has decided that this is a sector that they want to increase the rates of tax. And therefore, uh, if you look at it, they have increased the tax from 25% to 35%. From a structural perspective, and uh, just maybe also include in your answer the soda taxes, uh, Jagdev, from a structural perspective, were you happy with the fact that uh, there was this raft of new measures and new taxes to um, mitigate the impact to the government's coffers of not having GST? I mean, I think the number of uh, new taxes are not really a lot. Uh, there was expectation in the run-up to budget that things like you know capital gains tax and maybe a broader base inheritance tax may be introduced. Um, what we have ended up with is you know a couple of uh, tightenings. So if you see the change of rate RPGT, uh, some tightening in terms of carry forward of losses, etc., and a couple of new taxes. So the taxing the digital uh, services. That's one. And soda tax, of course, that's the other one. Um, interesting, and it is not something, again, that is unique to Malaysia. I understand that close to 40 countries have already implemented something uh, similar to this. And to me, I think this is one where um, the government introduces a fiscal policy to drive certain behavior. And I would like to see a lot more of that. So if you, if you look at the reverse side of things, which all of us benefit from, Uh, They have now broken up the portion that's allowed for you as a relief for KWSP contributions to KWSP contributions and insurance premiums. And that's, again, to drive behavior where they want people to actually uh, get onto these uh, insurance premiums uh, or or uh, take up insurance policies. So similarly, that's a positive measure. This is a negative measure. 
And to me, I think using fiscal policy to drive behavior is always good. But whether an increase of 10 cents or 13 cents or whatever for, for a can of soft drinks is going to make an impact or change people's behavior, I'm not so sure. All right, Jagdiv, thanks so much for your time. That was Jagdiv Singh, the PwC Malaysia Tax Leader, BFM 89.9. BFM's Budget 2019 programming was presented to you by Ma Singh. Reinvent spaces, enhance life. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.